0: Women in Archaeology Podcast. I'm Emily Long, and I'm
1: joined by Sarah Head, Kirsten Lopez, and Chelsea Slotten.
0: On this episode, we're going to discuss the current government shutdown and the impacts on federal employees, contractors, cultural and natural resources, as well as the long-term effects on cultural resources, public lands, and so on. Ladies, thank you so much for joining me to talk about this pretty depressing topic.
2: Yay! <laughs>
3: <laughs> it's a good way to start the new year exactly
4: i new know year, everybody
2: right.
4: go 2019 you're off to a good start
0: the <laughs> longest ever been shut down in history yes we made we, it i think it's yeah. been a three days over
2: the the longest one oh, yeah. we are on day yeah. 24 yes
0: so this podcast it, the episode will be uh, posted later so hopefully by the time this episode is up the shutdown will be over but As of this day, we are on day 24, and just for a general background, would anybody like to give a little synopsis on why we're having a shutdown?
3: I mean, do you want, like, the actual reason or the (laughs) fact that our president is a man-child who's having an infant fit, and if you don't know what political stance I'm taking on this, (laughs) you're not paying attention. (laughs) I have a feeling that...
0: All of us, and probably most of our listeners, are of a similar stance. Though
3: so. so my my partner keeps pointing out, though, that Mitch McConnell could stop the shutdown at any point, yeah, and has chosen not to do so. So, it's not just the orangutan in the office;
2: it's <laughs> so also Mitch McConnell. We should be giving the real reason, maybe not such a butt. Yes, yeah, let's start
0: with, let's, okay, everybody don'e their professional cap.
2: <laughs> I don't know why you think
4: I'm biased. Hey, <laughs> I am wearing yeah. a blazer right now still. Uh, sorry. I'm being professional.
3: Yeah, someone more professional than me should probably give the actual explanation. <laughs>
2: Chelsea? Oh, Look <laughs> oh, we different Chelsea, Chelsea, the adult in the room? <laughs> Yeah. Um, so, as many of you are probably aware, there have been ongoing debates in Congress and the Senate and um, with the President regarding the border wall or the need for a border wall. Um, one of Trump's major campaign promises was that he would build a wall to stop illegal immigration. The U.S. has had contentious debates around immigration going back decades. So this is not a new problem. Um, although Trump's you know I think he puts it as an old solution old as the wheel is to build a wall. Um <laughs> I'm not touching it guys, I'm not touching it. <laughs> <laughs> <You> said it?
4: <laughs> Older um, than the wheel, I might add.
2: Yeah. Um so Trump is requesting five point six billion dollars in uh, appropriated funds for building this wall, despite promising that Mexico was going to pay for the wall during his campaign back in 2016. Um He is now starting to think about the upcoming um, re-election, which is still in a year, but you know, political timelines. And I believe the slogan that he is hoping to run with for re-election is... Um, Promises made, promises delivered, or something along those lines. And seeing as the border wall was one of the big promises that he made, it's something that he is very invested in um, at least having some progress on while uh, he's up for re-election. You counter that with the Democrats, who have now taken up the majority in the House, who um, like actually, the majority of the U.S. population do not think that a border wall is necessary. Sure there was a recent Gallup poll, and it was either sixty or sixty-five percent of Americans um, do not support funding border wall to the tune of five point six billion dollars. Um,
0: Same goes for federal employees. It is massively incorrect that the majority of federal employees support the shutdown and the border
2: wall. Yes, that is. I don't
3: think the majority of anyone supports it, honestly. No.
0: Yeah.
3: Well
4: and even DHS, the Department of Homeland Security, has done studies and presented on the fact that a wall isn't actually gonna help. Um, right. like there are modifications that can be done to like a couple of spots, but by and large, where Trump's wanting to put a wall, there's in some cases, there's already walls or fences, and those get dug under or somehow otherwise gone around. If that's the goal, well, yeah. they so it's, it's
0: a largely problematic idea well, yeah, like, in the first place. When there are so they, many other things could be done. So
3: what are the yeah, other things- well, they've got a section put up right now that's already that's basically like. Rebarb and wire, and someone has already come along and sawed through it. So, like even the wall that has been put up already has already been breached. So they, they actually yeah. built
2: several sections of walls, um, and they brought in, I believe, it was the military to see if they were breachable. Um, and the sections that were constructed to see what the, the best construction would be were um, mm-hmm. not actually meant to keep anyone out. They're just. Seeing what works. Um, and it is worth noting that all of them are reachable. It is also worth noting that the legal immigration in the US has been declining in recent years based on the policies that are currently in place. It is also worth noting, um, this in New York, there was a, a head of a cartel who's currently on trial, and one of his I don't know they call them generals, but higher ups took the stand against him to talk about the fact that it's like 90% of illegal drugs that come in from south of the border in the U.S. come in through checkpoints. Um, mm-hmm. so, you know, people aren't ferrying them across the border with coyotes, you know, leading them across the desert. They're coming in in the back of fruit and veg trucks or, um, you know, with like individuals, sometimes US citizens who are paid to be drug mules um, mm-hmm. and a, a wall isn't going to solve any of those problems but it's big and it's no. tangible and you can point to it and say, look, I did something, rather than dealing with the nuances that the situation actually requires um, so on December 22nd mm-hmm. government shut down because the two sides couldn't agree that was 24 days ago
0: and it's insane seeing as we're seeing massive impacts on a variety of levels, not only to federal workers, we're seeing it um, to scientists, the ability to do research. We see it um, happening for organizations that require funding to be able to support um, lower income families. We see it on so many levels, especially with parks as well. And so hopefully we can get a bit into all these different impacts on this episode and um, It is worth noting that because of the Hatch Act, for some federal employees, and we've talked about the Hatch Act in other episodes, it's essentially, it makes it a little more difficult to critique an administration if you work for the government. Um, But between... The four of us, we know or have been federal workers. We know many, many people who are currently furloughed. And it has not been an easy thing uh, no. to get by. Well, and it, it even affects
4: the states and the other agencies. Um, like you mm-hmm. mentioned, there's there's others around. um as far as the the fact that, you know, I've, I've heard some people say, well, you know, it's only a partial shutdown. It's not a, at least it's not an entire shutdown. I'm like, well, in the end, the longer it goes, the bigger an impact it has on the rest of everything else functioning um, mm-hmm. down to the state and local level, because federal funds go down to everything from uh, Head Start uh, daycares mm-hmm. and uh, You know, you mentioned food stamps um, or low income um, subsidies to uh, the functioning of state agencies that get federal funding, uh, such as uh, state historic preservation offices, parks, Mm -hmm. um, and so forth.
0: Oh, yeah. And if we think about it in terms of our work, it's all put on hold essentially so even with a partial shutdown the things that are the most sensitive for us in our field are not being protected you may have maybe what two law enforcement officers that are considered you know crucial for keeping the parks somewhat safe or even public lands yeah. in general they're not going to be able to keep an eye on everything they're probably having a hard enough time just you know making sure people aren't burning down half of
2: you cutting down joshua trees yeah. as we saw um, but going off what Kirsten was saying earlier, I did want to mention there's also a tax issue at the, the local and state level, where local and state get taxes based on, on the people who live there. And when people aren't working, the state isn't getting taxes that pay for public education, that um, pay for road maintenance, but, I mean, so many things. So it's, it's a compounding problem. Mm-hmm. But now back to talking about archaeology. <laughs> <laughs>
0: no worries. I think it's really important to know because, I mean, we're seeing um, it's all levels. And if we want to even just look at archaeology, we're just a drop in the bucket of all the things that are being impacted negatively by the shutdown. Um, if we're looking just with federal workers, uh, they have not received a paycheck. That's a lot of money. And it's really frustrating to yeah. people say, like, it's just one paycheck. And like, a lot of people live paycheck to paycheck. What do they expect?
1: Yeah, I,
3: Back to I don't know anybody who can eat one paycheck. Like seriously, especially when you're talking about federal employees. Like one mm-hmm. paycheck when you're getting paid bi weekly is half of your week's half of your month pay.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Like, how are you seriously, like who thinks that's reasonable?
2: Trump. <laughs> yeah. No. Right.
3: <laughs> Those with the
4: funds that could just retire on what they have already. Yeah.
2: No, I will say mm-hmm. um, I live in DC. It's political I'm outside DC I should say. There are a lot of companies that are giving federal employees a break, be it on you know wow. electricity, water, rents, groceries, I've seen more signs a couple of days at you know, pet food stores that say if you're a furloughed federal employee and are worried about feeding your dog, like, show us your badge, we'll feed your dog for you or your cat, or you know, we'll provide food for you for mm-hmm. charge. Um, which, on, on one hand, it it's part and restores my faith in humanity. On the other hand, I'm absolutely furious that it's necessary. Right.
3: Exactly. And there's stuff with people that's like, Oh, go get a part-time job or do something else, <laughs> and it's just like a lot of these people can't. I mean, first off, that's not going to pay your bills, and secondly, y- y- you can't get a part-time job when they know you're only going to be there for a week or two. Yeah, and yeah no one's like, going to hire you. What? Well, exactly. Yeah.
0: <laughs> what jobs? What? Are, where are these magic jobs I can have? Right. I mean,
3: even if you somehow manage to get a job at like Starbucks or a retailer they're not going to hire you for two weeks of work. They're just not. Then,
4: no, it costs they, them still a so much money to hire on someone new unless they have a guarantee of at least so many months, like four or six months of work. There's no mm-hmm. reason to invest in that employee. Well, and
2: then you end up with a lot of people who are actually leaving their jobs and taking work elsewhere, trying to take work elsewhere because they can't live with the instability. Which is to say nothing for the people with security mm-hmm. clearances whose security clearances rely on them not carrying debt. And if the government is forcing them to take debt while they're on furlough, they're facing the possibility of losing their job permanently because they yeah. now have too much debt to maintain the security clearance level that they need. And there's nothing they can do about it.
0: That's an interesting fact. Hmm. Yeah, it's just, it's, it's sad. And Chelsea, like you're saying, I mean, it's good to see where people are stepping up, trying to help federal employees and their families and, and so on. I mean, where I live, there are restaurants. If you show your federal badge, free coffee, free pizza, that type of thing, but it's just, it's not enough. And if we want to look beyond just the federal employees themselves, there are the contractors who have federal contracts and looking at our, uh, uh private archeology span companies, they can't do any work right now. And their contract is for just that time in which they have to work. It's that permit. And you only have so many months, possibly mm-hmm. even weeks to get that work done before that money's gone. And yeah. you won't, they will have to eat that that uh, cost to be able to then go out and actually get the work done. And so contractors so not only federal workers but contractors on many levels but just looking at archaeologists they won't be able to survey they can't do the excavations they can't do the artifact analysis and the reports they're gonna have to eat that funding and they may never get paid for it
4: and add to that too so um two things one is the work that those private uh archaeology firms are being uh, contracted for those there I mean, by and large, at least in my experience in the West, it's uh, development work. And that development work, if it's not getting built, either the permit's not going through for archaeology or any other part, that's going to slow the economy to such a a severe extent because those development projects take years to get off the ground anyway. If you're going to be putting Mm -hmm. stuff out so many weeks or months and... There was um, something I read recently that discussed, um, I think it was on NPR, that the last longest um, or the more, yeah, the last longest um, shutdown of three weeks put off work like they didn't catch up. Some of the permits didn't go through for up to nine months. So if you are delaying development, you're shooting the country in the foot in a very literal way on the long term or medium term, because it's going to be a year before the country really catches up to where it was. And since this was, you know, Trump's touting, you know, even though he really didn't technically have anything to do with it, uh, the economy doing really well, um, that, you know, (laughs) is not going to help Um, especially with all of the tax cuts that recently occurred. You're, you're like eradicating the tax income and then subsequently eradicating the or you know cutting short a lot of the uh the public market and um general economy uh based off of just this insanity Mm
2: -hmm.
1: it's just not worth it no
4: oh and the second thing also i wanted to point out um one statistic i've seen uh for federal contractors are 4.1 million um and dollars people that's not all archaeologists that's different types of uh private contractors that work take federal um contracts so that was um uh yeah an unbelievable amount of people that are what are considered like indirectly affected by the shutdown
0: Mm-hmm. and you keep hearing like oh people get back pay contractors will not and no let's say those technicians yeah. that were hired on for a project to do some shovel tests or anything like that and they're not working they will not get back pay no. right
4: well and especially if they had a temp job over the winter and they're gearing up for um field season uh you know they're pro- may have quit jobs i mean i know some people that you know, had taken winter jobs and they're like, oh, there's still more field work to do, dropped the job. And now they're kind of like, well, (laughs) can I have my job back? Uh I don't know. Mm -hmm. Um, So,
0: Sarah, have you noticed anything in the contracting field or hearing from anybody in particular about uh, impacts with uh, contract jobs?
3: Well, when I, before Christmas, Um, I I took a couple weeks off for Christmas and when I had I informed the company that I'm working for here that I was I was going to be unavailable and they were like oh that's great we've got a couple projects that are getting ready to start right after the first of the year I'm like cool I will be available right after the first of the year Um, I haven't heard from them Mm -hmm. (laughs) and Mm -hmm. I have talked to them since and have let them know that I am available and it's I know I'm in good standing um, so I know it's not one of those issues, but I mean, it is, I'm assuming that these projects are not going forward now for financial reasons and probably to do with the shutdown. Cause the timing is just a little suspicious.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, I don't know how badly it's affecting the company altogether. Cause I'm not privy to that kind of knowledge, but on my end, I think it is impacting it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, my biggest concern, honestly, is like, I know in the Midwest around uh, August and August through October, that there was a big need for techs because there were more projects than there were workers in the Midwest at the time. Um, and I'm just con- and that's a really great situation for an archaeologist oh, to be yeah. in, you know, you like more work than you know what to do with. Woo. Um I'm concerned that that has now been affected and dried up because, you know, there's, you know, that there's no work. Yeah. So.
0: It's not a good spot to be in.
3: It's not. And I mean, it affects you guys. It affects the federal workers. It's affecting us as field workers. It, it affects everybody.
4: Yeah. I would have to say that that same thing, um, has it is on the west uh coast as well like that flood of work and now it's kind of puttering Mm -hmm. um so i I, it's it's not it's everywhere
0: oh yeah i have friends who were going to be doing work in death valley in um southern arizona where it's warm right now and can't do the work everything's ground to a halt um Unfortunately on that on that sad note <laughs> let's take a quick break and when we come back we can talk about some of the things that are happening on public lands during the shutdown
3: woohoo more depressing woo-hoo! news <laughs> during the break why not check out the
1: women in archaeology patreon account and there you can learn how to support the Women in Archaeology podcast and blog, and check out some of the blog posts we've been posting. You can see the different ways to become a patron of the Women in Archaeology, or even just showing your support and interest is always great. Thank you very much for listening, and hope you enjoy the rest of the episode.
0: Welcome back. Today we're talking about the current government shutdown and the various impacts that it's having on federal workers, contractors, etc. Now we're going to get into the impacts we're seeing on science and public lands. And this is getting blown all over the news. Um, Not so much maybe about grants and the National Science Foundation and that type of stuff, but definitely seeing things uh, happening at Yosemite. And Joshua Tree, uh, National Parks. Would anybody like to talk about that?
2: Trees are being cut down. It's awful. Also, they're dipping into uh, admission fee money to do some of the work. And there's very little of that. And it's poorly done. And I'm going to stop before I start yelling.
0: Now, Chelsea, you bring up a a really good point. So obviously, admission fees are not being taken right now. Those booths are closed. But people are still getting into the parks they're um forcing their way in or places are partially open but there's still there aren't rangers at the booths they're usually just law enforcement running around and uh because of that there are no fees if there are no fees then uh parks aren't making money and then crucial work that needs to be done will not get done and so money that has been um taken up until the shutdown well that money's gonna go fast i think there's some statistic that like gosh where was that um some parks are losing like four hundred thousand dollars a day wow. mm-hmm. due to the shutdown and so yeah they're dipping into these funds that are gonna run out fast yeah well and chelsea also brought up another good one about the joshua trees yeah, what people are cutting down Joshua why? Trees and being
3: why are people doing that like what the fuck is wrong with people seriously they want into four if you by... are one of the people that cut one of those trees down what the fuck is wrong with you I agree <laughs> I have
0: a theory about public lands and I am seasonally a federal worker so I, I have seen this firsthand I genuinely think some people lose their minds as soon as they pass the booth they're like I'm here, and I can do whatever I want. These are my lands. Like people stand in the middle of the road to take pictures of giant trees. People will put their babies in front of bears. People will scratch their name on rock art. Would they do that anywhere else? No, they just lose their freaking minds. I, so I honestly
3: I think, think what- the answer to that question is yes, though. I don't. I don't think. I mean, I understand what you're saying, but I think these people are <laughs> like this normally. So I
2: don't about that, right? Because I, <laughs> as a fundraiser for one of the various different things that I, um, you know, teams or clubs I was on at university, and I don't, I don't know that it's just national parks for um, but we did a weekend where we went and we helped out at um, an amusement park for one of their busiest weekends. I'm like, people who would seem very rational and they would be having a conversation with the person they were walking with about this state of politics. Or, you know, world affairs And how do you do intelligent conversations And they come up to you and be like You know, well, why is the ride closed? Well, because it's raining But why does that matter? Because the engineer tells us it's not safe to run it in the rain mm-hmm. But when is it going to stop raining? Well, like, I don't know This is pre smartphone everybody I had no idea mm-hmm. But why don't you know? Well, because I <laughs> don't have the weather channel on But why is it raining? I, like, I do I don't know because pressure systems are moving, you know, and like the types of questions that you would get from people that were clearly intelligent. And it was like, they were like, all right, vacation brain off. Don't want to reassign. Don't want to think about anything. Yeah. Maybe that's you know? vacation they were, brain. They would just ask the stupidest questions. And I knew they weren't <laughs> stupid people, but it was just like, that's it. I'm on vacation. I'm not thinking anymore. We've all been there. I get it.
3: I, I just take personal umbrage at people defacing anything, honestly, and oh, yeah. especially things like trees that don't grow back. I mean, so, it's just, I don't, I don't understand what goes through people's minds, but yes, this is an issue and it's part of the, sh- the shutdown, the fact that, you know, these, these lands are open. And another thing that's happening is the garbage that's piling up. Um, people apparently can't take their their trash home with them because apparently that's too much of an effort. And so they just keep throwing it on the growing pile of trash, thinking it's magically going to disappear when they're not looking. And so there's vermin problems now because of all of the trash.
2: Mm-hmm. I wasn't trying to excuse people's behavior, by the way. Just No,
3: I don't that. think you, you are. Just,
2: it's, it's just like n- a, it's a not acceptable. Problem.
3: Yeah. Well, no, I'm I, so- I'm, I didn't think
2: you were.
4: Kirsten? Oh, so with the... People being stupid in parks and doing shit in the out of doors. Um, I, I, literally, <laughs> I really think, and this is sort of a bigger picture look at it because it's not. It's, I don't want to say it's purely an American problem, but it's very heavily something that occurs mostly here. Unless, to my at least knowledge, I read about this kind of stuff less in public um, parks and spaces and heritage places elsewhere in, in the world um unless it's done by a tourist
3: right who's usually so American.
4: what my theory is and i don't i haven't read this anywhere this is just me conjecturing um is that it is an extension of the idea of conquest and the wild west and the idea that there's still it is the that when you get to national parks they're essentially thought of as quote-unquote wild spaces and that they're there to be taken and enjoyed however the fuck people decide to do so, which is not there's the like, case. Woohoo, pew pew. But people aren't <laughs> taught that, that that is not the case. Like, there's a lot of time spent in elementary schools through high school talking about the settling of the West And of the country in general and how people just came in and did what they wanted with no regard for others. Which is also
3: erroneous because that's not exactly, that's not what happened, but that's how we teach it.
4: Exactly. Mm -hmm. So I think it's that concept of like, well, this is, it's not only is it mine, because I'm paying taxes for it, but this is the last of the wild things that we can fuck around with. And I'm going to do what I want. Mm -hmm. And not really thinking about any sort of consequences or how that, like, you know, we we hit the outside of the container a long ass time ago. There's there's very limited resources. Some parts of the country were completely drained of their natural resources, or certain types mm-hmm. of them. Mm-hmm. So those those little pieces of golden information nuggets are not taught either. So the idea that stuff actually has run out, uh, people don't have a concept of that.
3: Which is also okay. sorry. I was gonna say that's also a problem with the shutdown is these kind of things aren't going to get talked about they're not going to get mm-hmm. put out there there's there's no one to stop anybody or put out a PSA and be like don't do that you know yeah, yeah.
0: it's not managed there's no oversight and that's and Sarah that's just what I was gonna get into <laughs> oh. as well it's just I'm kind of doing an an overview of kind of what's going on I mean there aren't rangers and staff to maintain services to help keep things clean or keep people safe. Yeah. People have died recently <laughs> in the parks for doing stupid things. And it's it's incredibly dangerous to visit these places. One of the best pieces of advice I can give to people during the shutdown is don't visit public lands. Um, but federal just in lands. general at Yosemite, uh, federal public lands. That's land, true. Like, um,
3: Your state lands are probably okay
0: yeah maybe but uh generally speaking what we're seeing a lot at um parks that don't have state funds to keep it open like grand canyon etc uh there's uh, the toilets are overflowing um those places that have closed the uh facilities apparently there's human waste everywhere which is actually creating quite a hazardous situation at many parks like there's just literally shit everywhere (laughs) um Uh, like i said people have died uh people were putting christmas lights on joshua trees they're cutting down joshua trees um going off-road creating user-created trails and roads scattering trash um uh, unauthorized use of drones uh etc and it just it's compounds it's just more and more of the same so so honestly
3: not as broke up about the drones as i am everything else you just said like of everything oh, yeah. that but happened I'm just like
0: they're freaking out
3: the wild That's ones. true. That's true. But I'm just like
0: mm-hmm.
3: No, nah, I'm with you there. Though it's just I I don't understand why people can't be responsible. Like I don't think people understand the reason why we have to have rangers and the reason why we have to have law enforcement out at these sites is because people can't be responsible for themselves. No. And it's like don't do that thing, okay? I mean, that thing is probably going to hurt things.
2: To be fair, go ahead. Yes, we live in a very sanitized world where oftentimes the only time people engage with nature is in a very structured uh, and relatively safe way because you have rangers and things, so you're used to all of these safety nets.
4: Yeah,
2: and we don't see the consequences of when that doesn't happen, um, and much like we see with the anti-vaxxer movement, which is a whole other thing. But people don't realize how bad measles are because we haven't had measles in so long because of vaccines. And when you don't see the consequences regularly, not necessarily every day, but regularly, your fear of the consequences goes away and your willingness to do things that don't make sense or that we're sitting here being like, oh my God, that's so stupid. We've all spent a lot of time outside. We've been in the field. We respect nature. We have a better understanding of it than the average city dwelling American.
4: That is oh. fair, and some of the the things that are going on and the damages that are occurring uh, are reminiscent of uh, taking us back to I think episode one, the Malheur occupation. Um, oh yeah, because there were oh.
0: that's a really good comparison. Seriously. Millions yeah.
4: of dollars yeah. of damage just from like a couple weeks and like twenty people. Um, I think there mm. were more than that there, but not, <laughs> not park-wide. Not many, though. I mean, the, the, no, yeah, in comparison, not many. And the national, uh, the Malheur, um, and National Wildlife, Wildlife Refuge, if I can speak, um, is comparatively small. Like, it's, it's oh, not, yeah. it's not the size of national parks by any imagining, Um, You can stand on one side and see the other like it's (laughs) it is large and in a general Mm -hmm. sense but like it is small comparatively and the amount of money that it took to uh, go and look at damages they had to assess the damages um, they had to go through cleanup for environmental damages um, and assess those and then pay for those fixes and then also archaeological and mm-hmm. infrastructure so there were so many levels of damage that occurred in this small example of i think what we're going to look forward to once the things get back on track is it's mm-hmm. it's not just the time and expense lost from loss of income um and loss of wages to the employees but also the expense of rep- repair Um, Mm -hmm. And getting things back on track because something tells me that these parks are going to have to be closed, like Mm -hmm. actually closed, not just, you know, it's quote unquote closed and you're not supposed to be there, but you're going to go anyway. They're going to be blockaded and closed for a fair amount of time before they can be reopened to the public and thus a much longer window of lost funds because they're going to have to clean up everyone's stupid ideas. And shit, right? And it's That's a and it's really gonna, good point. yeah.
3: And it's gonna cost a ton of money, so money that would not nec- that would not have needed to be spent, or that could have been spent somewhere else.
2: Yeah,
3: uh, doing things like creating community centers where you could come in and enjoy the park in your free space, but you know we're and go in a toilet as
0: opposed to in front of Yosemite Falls.
2: <sighs> Just to be clear, this is not uh, an advertisement for. The parks may be closed for a little bit after the shutdown. Go now. We're saying do not go to the parks now. Yeah, so actually, stop going to the parks. Not go to the parks, right? The fewer people go to the parks, the shorter period, you know, the, the less damage, the fewer problems mm-hmm. there will be. Because I know somebody out there is going to hear this and think that, and like, don't.
3: Yeah, no, that's a good point. Yeah. Maybe we should fast track this episode. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but that's the thing. And, um, oh-
0: um it's like enjoy it when it's safe for you and the resources for which that place is being designated. It's like, go when it's safe for everybody and everything that is involved. Um, there's this uh, great quote, and I believe it was from um, this, the Forbes, uh, Forbes Online content, and we'll be linking a ton of articles uh, with this episode, but this is from a federal employee from the Bureau of Land Management. It says, during shutdowns, it is highly publicized that non-essential employees are in non-work status. This leads to increased destructive behavior, either intentional or unintentional, to public lands, which can lead to a higher potential for looting, vandalism, and other site-destructing activities such as off-road vehicle disturbance. Mm -hmm. Well, there hasn't been anything publicized um, or published quite yet about direct site damage, but if we're seeing things about Joshua trees and trash and stuff, I will not be surprised if these very sensitive, fragile... Uh, sites uh, throughout the united states are being damaged in some respects is one people may not be able to identify them and not know to drive their atv over it or they may be like hey here's my chance to get some pots
2: yeah or
0: you know let
3: me go steal some rock art or leave my mark on the
2: wall
4: i guarantee there's going to be a lot of that um and that's it's heartbreaking really um
3: It is. It's incredibly heartbreaking. So here's the thing. Oh, no. Finish, Kirsten.
4: Oh, so I was just going to say, encourage, I would encourage people listening to this if they want to support and continue to support parks and public lands, go and visit your state and county. Yes. A lot of counties do have parks and campgrounds. So check that out too, if you haven't seen or heard of it or heard of them. Um, and see what's out there I mean you'd be surprised um, the the really great stuff especially I think county resources are underutilized in some areas and are usually some of the most beautiful and great places to visit so um, and this also supports um, in a semi-direct but also indirect way the federal workers that will be going back because you are helping reduce the impact on those national park sites F- for by just not being there Um and letting right. things kind of try and you know don't don't try and go like guard the door you're gonna end up hurt <laughs>
0: yeah or afterwards or after the shutdown volunteer time to help with the cleanup exactly or if you're a site steward or want to be a site steward help record dance. that's mm-hmm. a really great idea because um, that can be yeah that is helpful. a good one. Um, a lot of states have the site stewards program, and you help um, uh, record damage to archaeological sites. And then in general, I'm sure volunteers will desperately be needed to clean up trash and all kinds of stuff that is being left on public lands at the moment. Unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> what um, but I've, hopefully that could be our positive, <laughs> our positive, you know, note at the end of this segment is just you can do your part too. And there is clean up after this horrible situation.
3: Yeah. <laughs> do, do they um, teach how to be a civil servant anymore? Not a civil servant, but to be a, a citizen anymore? I mean, no. Did we all have citizen classes when we were in high school or was that just me? That's just I you. did in
0: elementary school where it's like, <laughs> clean up your trash. You gross yeah, up. I mean,
3: it's, <laughs> it's a good time to put some of those lessons that you learned in apparently grade school and high school to use, you know? Yes. Go take care of things and don't overburden things that are already burdened. Yeah.
4: Mm-hmm. There are um, some examples of local state parks um, that I've seen or state park services Um, helping out they are not maintaining these parks the the federal parks um, or national parks but but I know that there are in some cases when there are neighboring state or local park rangers they will help go pick up trash and I think that is something that we need to applaud um, and really hope that that's not something that they have to take on um, in any sort of larger capacity um but it's i think it's good to recognize that extra work that some of those individuals are are deciding to do or have been directed to do in some cases um just Mm -hmm. to try and reduce the impact because those are the people who are what you might call certified to do such things
0: yeah i think that's great. I think the the big lesson at the end of this segment is just don't visit these places. Yeah, like exactly. That. For the love of God, just don't just don't just, go. Just, if you have to get outside and get your outdoorsy fix or whatever, find an open state park and enjoy your day. Yes. Otherwise, just it's not a good idea to go to the parks, to Bureau of Land Management, Forest Service, Bureau of Reclamation, and so forth unless it I mean, even though their places are even partially open, I'd still say st- avoid it because those places are struggling yeah. too. Um, so just just leave them alone, guys.
3: <laughs> just right, leave just leave it alone. It'll it'll be fine. It'll all come back eventually.
0: All right. Well, let's take a quick break. When we get back, we can talk about uh, the long-term uh, impacts of the shutdown. And then hopefully we can end with something that's just... Something that's making us happy. I don't know. Maybe we can give five minutes for <laughs> positive stuff. Kittens. How does that sound? There <laughs> we go. Kittens. Exactly. All right. We'll be right back.
1: During this break, why not check out the Women in Archaeology blog and see the types of posts we've been putting up over the last two years? We've been discussing many different types of topics from surveys that have been done in the field on what archaeologists are experiencing all the way to just random subjects that interest us at this time. You can also see the backlog of episodes and it's also a way you can contact us about your interest in the episode and any topics you would like us to cover sometime. Again, thanks for listening. Welcome back to the Women in
0: Archaeology podcast. I am here with Sarah Head, Kirsten Lopez, and Chelsea Slotin, And we are talking about the government shutdown. And this segment, we're going to be getting more into the long-term effects that the shutdown will have. Uh, One of the things that I know we'll be seeing with the shutdown is that National parks are losing a lot of their fees, and so they're losing quite a bit of money surrounding communities. They're not receiving the funds from tourism, so that's an indirect impact. And then this may set a dangerous precedent on how to accomplish or try to accomplish controversial policies. I mean, it just, it all kind of snowballs um, as we go along. Uh, one thing I know I'm personally concerned about is that. With the hiring of archaeology seasonals um, at the federal level, it's all going to be pushed back with the shutdown. And it takes about four months to process and hire, et cetera, et cetera, seasonals to have them ready by April. Well, if that whole process is being pushed back by the shutdown, will agencies even hire seasonals? Will it even be possible or will there even be the funding for it? And so I know for me, that's a a major concern. and I know over the break we were talking about other uh, agencies and groups that are going to have some pretty major long-term uh, impacts due to the shutdown. Uh, Sarah
3: I, I mean, one of the, the things that I've been hearing is that the uh, you know the, the tribes receive funds federal funds to help their youth go to college Um And there are, because of the shutdown, that money isn't being distributed. And, of course, this today was day one of a lot of colleges' uh, winter semesters. Or is it spring for them? Anyway, it's the start of a semester. And there's no money for these kids to be going to school. And so you've got an entire group of people who are basically being denied education at this point. And... These are people who were already told, oh, yeah, you can go. Like, everything's fine. You go, go, go. And now the money's not there. I mean, A, that's incredibly disheartening. And B, it's, it's awful. I mean, mm-hmm. why are we doing this?
0: I mean, I think with a lot of this stuff, it's showing that the shutdown is not worth the cost of what we're seeing for many, many groups of people and agencies and so on.
2: I do think that there is some question as to uh, whether Trump realized the widespread effects that the shutdown would have. I feel like there's been many things that he's done, and after the fact, just kind of been like, oh, I didn't necessarily expect that to happen. But the way it's like, it's totally on purpose. Um, but I also think it shows a disconnect. I think that, you know, he has, it prior to becoming the president, enough money that, I mean, would you be pissed if he missed a paycheck? Sure, because that man cares about money more than anything else, as far as I can tell. Um, mm-hmm. You know, famously, when, when he was, did the Comedy Central roast, the one thing they said that they couldn't make fun of was, you know, the amount of money in his bank account, which I think is indicative. Um, but he could afford to miss a paycheck, and it wouldn't be a problem, and I think that he might just be, like, so disconnected from the experiences of everyday Americans. It didn't even occur to him that it would be a problem for people to tighten their budgets and make do. That's not kind of a thing people can do for a lot mm-hmm. of people.
3: I, I don't know. I think saying that he's disconnected gives him an element of humanity that I just don't think he possesses, but that's a personal dig.
4: I Well I think it's a very characteristic understatement that Chelsea does. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, Chelsea. I'm
3: not joking when I say Chelsea's the adult in the room. I mean, yeah. it, Chelsea's very eloquent, Chelsea's very ch- careful with her words, and the rest of us are just like, no, he's horrible. And yeah, I, <laughs> bravo. I, I guess what I'm saying is, bravo, Chelsea, because yes, you're the only so you're one who can manage it. Road.
2: Taking the high road, <laughs> Chelsea grew up in DC. Uh, this in is her. true. <laughs>
3: <laughs> chelsea's Chelsea's our DC contingent here. Um, no, I mean it's it's the cost is just becoming ridiculous, and I I don't. It's not even that I don't think he understood what the cost was going to be. I I literally don't think he cares. I think he honestly thinks the worse it gets, the better it is for him. Because if you watch any, if you watch or even half pay attention, because I literally half pay attention to this stuff, he he's gloating about it like he's perfectly okay with everybody being in pain and he's perfectly okay with natural resources being destroyed and he's perfectly okay with the fact that people can't get medical care feed their kids go to school pay their rent and he's all right with the fact that it's him and his party that is causing this problem like
0: well that's the big thing too it's i mean yes he can veto the bill but really A big focus should be put on the party as well. I mean, these are the people that were voted to represent, you know, the population and to do what's best for the population, et cetera, et cetera. Well, this is incredibly shameful. Like, what? Why are they
2: supporting something that's hurting so many people?
3: And the the really funny part is, is it's hurting their constituents more than it's hurting the Democrats constituents, mm-hmm. because demographically, their constituents are the recipients of Medicaid, of uh, welfare, of, you know, plant WIC and that kind of stuff. I mean, the people that vote for the Republicans are the people that take advantage of these social programs. And I, and I don't mean take advantage in a bad way. I mean, they're the ones that need it. They make use and of. They're the ones they are the don't take advantage.
2: Hurt. They make use of. Yes,
3: they make use of. Yes. Thank you. And... There's- those adult words again. Yeah, yeah,
2: I really got to work on
3: my adult words. Um but but that's my point like they are hurting their own people for show. Well, and a lot of it is
4: to show in their eyes they're pointing a bigger finger at the democrats for not just going with it and going, "Okay, well we need these, so we're going to go ahead and cave." That is the the idea from the Republican standpoint is that there are they are using this and going, you're hurting. We'll tell your local Democrat to buck up and just do what we say. Um, and that's so right. it's it's being used as a
2: tool. It is being used as a tool, and I think that I've actually seen a lot of positive things on Twitter, on Facebook, uh, in op-eds, um, recognizing that the issues that we're having to shut down. Um, many people are saying Trump Trump did come out on national TV and say, I'm doing it. I'm great. Um, so taking responsibility because something that's harming a lot of people might not have been the smartest political move. Um, but, I don't know.
3: Yeah. <laughs> Nothing seems to hurt this guy. Well,
2: though. I don't, I don't want to have that conversation right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's fine.
3: That's I'm a, sorry. That's a
2: whole other episode. Right? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I do think it's really, really important for people to realize that it isn't just Trump. Um, House yes. Democrats yeah, that, that's have bigger. been putting bills to the Senate that the Senate is refusing to vote on. And by the Senate, I mean Mitch McConnell, the head of the Republican Party in the Senate, is refusing to put anything to a vote on the Senate floor because he doesn't think Trump will sign it. And a very, very important thing to recognize is that our congressional system was built with chucks and balances And one of the checks and balances for when the president decides to try and strong-arm the government into doing what uh, they want the government to do is that the House and the Congress can override a presidential veto. You need a two-third vote in both houses, so that's 67 individuals in the Senate, and I don't have the number off the top of my head, in the House. But if you are someone who lives in a district or a state that has a Republican representative, you have power. You can call your senator and say you need to put pressure on Mitch McConnell to allow these bills to go to vote. And even if President Trump vetoes it, the Senate and the House can do something about it. So be active, be an engaged citizen. If you don't like what's happening, if you don't like that the natural parks are being destroyed, if you don't like that you or your family is missing a paycheck or somebody can't get health insurance or kids can't go to school, if you have the power to do something about it. Mm-hmm. Call your representatives. Yeah,
3: Yeah.
4: That is an excellent, excellent yeah, point. Yeah,
3: that's an excellent point. Um, And, and the thing that you people need to realize is that's, that's one of the reasons why Republicans have so much power is because their constituents do do that. They write letters, they go and they talk, they, they, they make themselves heard and it's kind of time for the rest of us to step up and start doing that too.
0: And one thing to think about, I mean, I'm pivoting, <laughs> pivoting a little bit with uh, the topic, but let's think about this. If, let's say the they're able to push through a bill that funds this wall, well, this, the construction, it's exempt from Section 106, it's exempt from NEPA, it's, it's, const- uh, it's exempt from many things that would protect cultural and natural resources along the mileage where this wall would be built. And we already see massive destruction from berries that have already been constructed. And so if this wall were to come- actually come into being, so much would be destroyed just through mm-hmm. something that won't actually work. So what's the point of this $5.6 billion for something that's not going to work and it's going to destroy, um, communities cause it would bust through communities. It would destroy, um, tribal lands. Uh, there'd be, Im- um, in a domain. So private lands would be impacted as well. And then right. we'd see, um, irreparable harm to really fragile sites to, uh, fragile plant species and animals and so on. So what's the point? And so, yeah,
4: just yeah.
0: what Chelsea I'm- said, please contact those in charge. That could actually make a difference. Mm-hmm.
4: Exactly. And I, I heard That's someone so say box. recently that like the, the wall is, is at this point, purely symbolic. Um, and not just of the, the polarity of, of Washington right now, but it's, the people who push and want the wall more than anyone else are those who don't live near the border. Typically those who have the most attachment to it are those with the idea of the security of a border um, that don't see or live the permeability of that border. um, And that it's not as much of a problem as it's made out to be. And that's where, you get into these ephemeral concepts of like this, uh, the, the cultural concept around the borders and what they actually are and how we all see these lines on maps that aren't really there in the dirt sort of thing. Um, and then also the lived experience of people who live on the border. So it's, it's very divorced from reality is kind of where I'm getting. Um, and that's something that the rest of the country really isn't, shown or talked to about um you know there's as far as the problem quote unquote if you might say with the southern border security i mean was it a number of years ago a few years ago when when illegal immigration was much higher of an issue that the those who were in the country illegally were by and large mostly europeans and canadians that overstayed their visas
3: exactly Mm -hmm. more
4: than people hop in the border in the south you have more people coming from the north and from overseas
0: where there's also these magic things called planes yes right over walls
3: (laughs) (laughs) are you you trying to make a point there i don't know (laughs) (laughs) i don't know uh but yeah like like Kirsten said, "Most of our illegal immigrants are people who are overstaying their visas. They're not, they're not people crawling through the dirt or paying coyotes or sneaking in by the cover of night. I mean, and the other thing is, is the people who are doing that think of the hellscape they have to cross, and then the sh- the crap they have to go through when they get here. Because mm-hmm. seriously, we are not a friendly country.
1: Oh God, and,
3: no. and they're still willing to do it." that tells you how bad it has to be for them to to try to do that you know i mean can we be a little compassionate
4: yeah well there was so much discussion with the caravan or whatnot right of these people that are refugees essentially but i did not and maybe i'm just looking in the wrong spots but i did not see discussion about what these people are running from you know, I wasn't even sure the
3: caravan was real for a long time. I thought it was just something he was making up. And then someone actually pointed oh, yeah. out to me that, no, there's really mm-hmm. a large group of people. But, you know, I'm like, well, what the hell are they running away from? And, and exactly. it's they're running away from a really and bad situation. Also
2: really, yeah. really important to note that the bad situation that they are running away from, uh, and this is actually often, you know, further south in Latin America than, than Mexico, but a lot of the situations that are going in there are a direct result of U.S. foreign policy decisions made in the 50s, 60s, 70s. And exactly. Movies. So we are not no. innocent no. here. So get off your high horse. No. no
0: the United States is very bad no. at government intervention.
4: Well, and that may be one of the main reasons why we haven't heard much much, really any discussion about the problems that the people are running from like these bigger Mm -hmm. issues and the role that we've had in creating them because that means we have responsibility for helping fix it or at least Mm -hmm. providing safe haven for those who suffer so these are issues i think that are very glaring to me and yet somehow
0: it gets very glossed over so they are? It's a humanitarian
2: crisis on many levels. I would suggest if you are interested in knowing some of that, check out non-American news sources, because a lot of American news sources won't cover that in a way that like European or Latin American news sources will. Um, although that does mean you may need to speak a foreign language. But if you don't speak a foreign language, like go look at the um, BBC. The British Broadcasting Corporation?
0: Yeah, BBC World News is really good. I mean, it's I, – I think we could have an entire episode on the anth- – I mean, the anthropology, essentially, of immigration and world intervention, government intervention, and the humanitarian crisis that really has created this situation and Trump's overreaction with wanting to have this yeah. wall. And I think we could have a really, really unique conversation on that. Mm-hmm. Um, but unfortunately, we, we are – Coming to the close of this episode, um, but ladies, I do think I think we should maybe try tackling that discussion. I think it would be highly worthwhile. I was just going to say there
4: are um, archaeological projects actually that work along the border and it, both in the U.S. and abroad that study refugees and the experience um, of of borders um, and the anthropology mm-hmm. of. That from an archaeological perspective, and I think if any of our listeners work on those projects, it would be amazing to have them involved in uh, such an episode, um, if possible.
0: Yes, contact us. Please contact us at our, our Twitter or email,
2: which are at Women Archies yeah. with a Y. Yeah.
0: And our uh, email is
2: or <laughs> Women in Archaeology at gmail.com
0: Thank you very much, Chelsea. No problem. In the last couple of minutes, just to try to end on a, a positive note, um, because this is quite a, a, a large topic to talk about, is there anything in particular that's making anybody happy lately, <laughs> um, despite what is going on um, a, a good book or a great movie? That you would like to perhaps share and have our listeners check out.
3: I got two random things. If you guys want to hear them,
2: oh, please.
3: I I am reading, and yes, this is a plug. I am reading Jeb Card's wonderful spooky, book. Um, oh, was fun. spooky, spooky
2: archaeology book. I Spooky archaeology
3: by Jeb Card. Um, the myth and science of the past. Uh, honestly, a lot of the things that we've been talking about, kind of alluding to here, Jeb kind of goes over that in this book. Um, he looks at the, um, the the background of a lot of pseudo-archaeological beliefs, but if you listen to my show, uh, you will know that Jeb's a big proponent of the fact that these things are connected with modern-day politics, that, and we're seeing it a lot in our current administration, um, these alternative facts and fake news and all that stuff. Jeb kind of delves a little bit into that. Without it being a political book, it's really about... The spookier aspects of archaeology. Um, And the other thing that I'm really enjoying is uh, I put a call out for archaeologists to uh, work on a project with me, a blogging project, and I've gotten a really good turnout. So keep your eyes on on the internet. Hopefully, we're going to see a really neat uh, public archaeology outreach blogging opportunity coming around, and I hope everybody enjoys it.
4: Oh, that's wonderful. Anybody else? I am currently working on... It doesn't relate to this topic that we've been discussing at all. (laughs) Uh, Trevor Noah's memoir, Born a Crime. And it's actually quite funny. So uh, oddly enough. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, So I do recommend that one. But um, aside from that, I am uh, enjoying my time um, writing at home and spending time with my family because, you know, crazy things happen in school and life and uh, work and such. So that's been really nice to be able to, I guess, uh, work from home on a grander scale than I had previously done. So um, that's, I get to sleep in occasionally, which is really nice. And that's that's my happy mm-hmm. note.
0: <laughs> that's wonderful.
2: That's <Nice.
0: laughs> Hey, I think that's great.
2: Chelsea, was there um... anything you'd like to share? It's been making around on um, Twitter and Facebook and in some newspapers, but there was a really exciting find out of Germany uh, that was published a week, maybe two weeks ago, um, where they found the lapis lazuli from about a thousand years ago that they found in the uh, mandibles, the lower jaw um, of a woman they are now talking about the fact that it is very likely that she was a scribe um, and you know licking a paintbrush to
1: You're talking about the, the, paint in the, teeth? the
2: tip pointed um, so yeah. that is super oh. exciting and new and different and I've been nerding out yes. over that over the last
3: a cool find.
2: couple weeks um, and yeah I think I'm mostly just really excited about that <laughs>
3: No, that's a really no, cool discovery, especially how they figured
2: it out. We had a snow day today; got to sleep oh. in instead of having to wake up to teach an eight a.m. class. I'm <laughs> yes. excited about the class, but not having to wake up at six a.m. is great. <laughs> oh
0: yes. well that, that'll be starting for me next week, teaching students mm-hmm. at eight a.m. Woo! <laughs> well, ladies, thank you so much for sharing. Uh, those books and articles and things that are making you happy and also thank you so much for joining me on this episode to talk about the shutdown i think it's incredibly important that we're getting this information out there and that we're discussing all the kinds of impacts that are occurring some things that i don't think will necessarily be as apparent as others that we see in the news but uh Thanks so much for joining me, and I look forward to our next discussion. Um,
2: Remember to contact. Definitely check us out. Sorry.
0: (laughs) Yes, contact your representatives. No, I think that's incredibly important. Also, uh, check out our blog, um, the Women in Archaeology blog. There's a lot of wonderful articles that the members have been. Uh, blog posts that have been put together our other podcast episodes check us out on twitter and contact us about uh things you'd like to hear more about or uh be interested in joining in on the show we'll have the articles um in the show notes and that is it Um, again ladies thank you for joining me and until
2: next time Keep healthy, keep safe during the fun. Bye. Bye.